The title of today's sermon is Blessed Roots. Blessed Roots. Now, I'll tell you a little secret. Um, when, I, when I preach on Sunday mornings and I prepare for the week, I get so excited because I love being convicted by the Holy Spirit. I love to promote change. I love for God to do new things in our life. But one out of every hundred sermons, like today, I don't feel like anyone's going to be convicted. I feel like this is a sermon that all of y'all could preach to me. If there was ever a subject that Solid Rock is amazing at, I mean that Solid Rock, that y'all are the best, it's today's subject. And you'll see what I mean in a second. So this is an easy sermon for y'all. And so I thought, God, if we're not going to be convicted, what's the point? He said, well, it inspires us to keep doing what we're already doing. So today's sermon will encourage you and you'll see how blessed you really are in life. So blessed roots today. Blessed roots. I have three points for you. Uh, even though I'm preaching to the choir, you can take notes anyway. Uh, three points. Um, obviously, number one, here we go. Blessed roots give. Blessed roots give. If you want to live a continual blessed life, you've got to be a giver in life and not a taker. Everybody say a giver. Now, every for the next several verses, every word on the screen that's in orange, I want you to shout out when we get there, okay? And if you have a mask on, you can just clean it off later on. You can shout anyway. Ready? So here we go. Acts 20.35, a greater blessing comes whenever you give than when you receive. Proverbs 11.25, be generous and you'll be prosperous. Help others and you will be blessed. Proverbs 22.9, the Lord blesses. Those who give generously. Psalms 37, 21. An evil man does not give, but a righteous man gives kindly to others. For such are by the Lord, but the stingy are cursed. Remember, the opposite of blessing is cursed. Uh, Genesis 26, 12. Isaac sowed a seed in the land in the middle of a famine. He received a hundred times what he planted, and the Lord favored him with blessings. Y'all are getting quiet. Psalms 37, 26. Those who are always generous will have children who are a blessing. Now that scripture right there is enough for y'all to be givers in life. I mean that right there should make you want to give your life away. Have you ever noticed, and you can just think about your life or anyone that you know, what the children are like compared to if the parents are givers or if they're takers in life, what the children are like. Then my favorite, Genesis 12 too, I will bless. with an abundant increase and you will be a blessing. dispensing good to others. Okay, so is it obvious that being blessed is linked to being a giver in life? Yes. If not, I have 792 other verses that we could go through uh, that basically say the same thing. Over 800 verses in the Bible link our blessings to how much we give in life. So let me show you a little sermon prop for today. I believe that we could categorize every single Christian as one or two people. Either they um, are a Christian that carries around a pitcher in their hand, or they're a Christian that carries around a cup in their hand. Let me show you the difference. The people that have the cup in their hand, they're always looking to get something. They're always asking somebody else to help them. I need encouragement from you. I need some wisdom from you. I need some money from you. I need some help from you. Please... And here's the, the problem. If they carry the cup in their hand, everywhere they go, no matter where they're at their whole life, they'll always be in need. Then there's the Christians that carry around the pitcher in their hand. These type of Christians are always looking for people whose lives they can pour into. Can I bring some joy into your life? Can I encourage you a little bit? Can I pray for you? Can I do something to help you? Every Christian that carries around the pitcher in their hand God has set it up. The world system, the system of the universe is the law of sowing and reaping. It's just like the law of gravity. 
An atheist can jump up and they'll still go back down because of gravity. An atheist, and you see probably people in Hollywood where people, they give and somehow they keep getting blessed. Always helping somebody else. So this principle is not just bound to Christians, it's bound to every person on earth. The law of sowing and reaping. Anybody can plant an, an apple seed and they'll get an apple tree with more apples with more seeds. Because it's multiplied. Okay? So when we carry around the picture, God has set it up that we will always have more than enough for ourselves and then more to help other people as well. In other words, when you carry around the picture, you'll never be in need because you're always pouring into others. And God will make sure you stay full. But when you carry around the cup, I don't care how hard you try or how much you want to try to make it, you will always be in need in life. The people that give the most, they always say the same thing. I'm just so blessed. I'm so blessed. The people that carry around the cup, they always say this. I can't afford to give. I can't afford. I don't have enough. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's because they need to switch what they're carrying around in life. So are you a Christian with the pitcher or are you a Christian with the cup? Now, just so you know, so far, no scripture we read has had the word money in it. So if you're getting upset that we're talking about giving, you're thinking, oh, money, we don't even take up an offering in this church. Okay, we have bought. We don't even take up an offering. We're talking about giving our whole life away. First um, Timothy six eighteen have faith in God who is rich. It doesn't say money. We know he's rich in money because his asphalt is gold. Just so you know, his asphalt, like the guy that um, he saved gold all his life and God let him take some up to heaven when he died. And he says, oh, I got to bring some gold bars with me. And St. Peter looks at it and says, why, why did you bring asphalt with you to heaven? You know, what do you, what do you, you got dirt with you in heaven? Because God's streets are made out of gold. But God is rich and he blesses us with everything we need. So instruct the rich. Now, when you hear rich, you think money. But listen. Instruct the rich to give and have a generous heart because this determines their future. Are you rich in joy? Say yes or no. Yes. yes. Are you rich in godly wisdom? Say yes or no. Yes. yes, we are rich in so many things from God. So don't you tell me you can't be a giver in life. Everyone in here, and even if we're talking financially, if you live in America, you're rich financially. If you live in Myrtle Beach, you've got some kind of money. You can give something away. There's another scripture that preachers love to use talking about money and it does not have the word money in it at all. But Judge, uh, Luke 6, 38 says this, Judge not and you won't be judged. Condemn not and you won't be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Give and it'll come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, multiplied, running over shall be poured into you. So there's one word in this scripture that's very important and that's the word it. It is an objective pronoun. The objective pronoun can be replaced by a noun. It's preferably replaced by the nouns that came before it, but you can put any noun in its place. In other words, this actually says when you judge others, when you give judgment, you will be judged. But listen, here's the part you used to like, but you might not like now. You'll be judged, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and multiplied will judgment be poured unto you. You can condemn other people, but listen, when you do, here's what happens. That condemnation, that bitterness, unforgiveness, hatred, anger, it will be multiplied, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and poured back unto you. But you can put any, you can put something else in place of it. Give Bibles away, and Bibles will be poured back unto you. Give encouragement away, encouragement will be poured back to you. The scripture is not about money, the scripture is about your heart. Whatever you give, in life. And let me say this. If you're in need today, 
throw away the cup, get the pitcher, and start pouring what it is you need into other people. And whatever you pour into others, it will be multiplied and poured back into you. The point is this. I determine my harvest. If you don't like the harvest you have in life right now, change what it is you're pouring into other people. Change what it is you're giving. I determine my harvest. Now, I will say this, and for your notes, this might help a lot of you marriages in here. Um, There's an area that men do not like to give in. And we need prayer. We need a lot of help. Um, Listen, real intently. Men have a huge issue, a huge problem. They're they're really selfish uh, when it comes to sharing um, their food. That's an area that men, if there's something on the menu that you want to try, order it yourself and we'll pay for it. But don't try it off of our plate. We order what we want to eat. Okay? Uh, one of the biggest fights me and my wife got into um, since 1995. 1995, every week of my life for 25 years, I go to this gas station toward Conway. It's a rundown beat up gas station. And I go and I eat a hot dog with mustard, ketchup, chili, and coleslaw, and a barbecue sandwich with extra coleslaw. And I've done this for 25 years. And I bring my closest guy friends to this particular gas station and my sons. We've all gone there and we go there. Every week I do this. Every week. Well, Micah wanted to go with me one week, even though this is my place. This is the guy's place. But she knows about the place because we're married. And she knows the rules. When you see the roaches, don't say anything. Because they don't eat much. And, and that's, it's just worth, it's worth it because the food's so good. So don't say anything about the roaches. Don't embarrass me. Um, there's a huge ashtray right on the counter where they serve the food. Not a small one, but a big one. Sometimes there's cigarettes and cigars laying in there. Don't say anything. If you're going to come with me, you got to just be good. So the guy makes my hot dog and coleslaw and makes my barbecue. And then he looks at Micah and says, do you want anything? And Micah says, I think I'm fine. I don't don't think I'm hungry. So he makes my food. And once she sees my hot dog, she says, that looks good. To which I say, I'll order you one. I'll order you two. I'll order you three. Whatever you want, baby. I'm the man. I'll take care of you. While I'm eating my barbecue sandwich, she says, I'll just take a bite of yours. And she picks up my hot dog and takes a bite and puts it back. To which I say, I'd like another hot dog, please. You can have this. It's now yours. She gets so upset. What do you mean? I just took a bite. I said, listen, I didn't order three-fourths of a hot dog. I didn't order nine-tenths of a hot dog. I ordered an entire hot dog. I'll get as many as you want for you. And it turned into a huge fight. I had to pray for her. (laughs) Two months later, she became a vegan. (laughs) So it worked out great for us. So so now I offer to her all the time, do you want a bite of my hot dog? No, because she's a vegan. Okay, anyway. So, and the other thing we don't share is our razor. Ladies, once you use a razor, it's your razor forever. Just let me know. Okay, so anyway. Um... Now, when you love somebody, well, I probably shouldn't have said that at this point. Anyway, when you love somebody, you give, right? You can't just, if you ever had somebody that told you, I love you, but they don't give you anything. They don't give you time, energy, encouragement. They don't help. They say, oh, I love you. But when you're in need, there's, there's, there's nothing there. Okay. When God wanted to show you how much he loved you, does it say in John three sixteen, God loved the world so much that he wrote it down? Just so you'd remember, now you're still going to hell. You still got to pay for your sins. But he made you a letter that says, I love you. Is that what God did to let you know he loves you? 
Okay, for God so loved the world that He gave every Christian one million dollars. Would that be exciting? You get, you know, you say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to serve you. And he says, here's a million dollars. Wouldn't that be a good gift? Now, again, you still got to pay for your sins. Still got to go to hell. But he just made sure you would have a lot of money. Is that what he did? No, John 3, 16. For God loved the world so much, he gave the only thing he had one of. The most valuable thing in the universe. There was no more only begotten sons. This is the only one. And he gave, it was more than all the streets of gold in heaven combined. And he gave his only son because he loved you so that you could be with him. That's what love is. Love gives. Love gives. Okay, so number one is blessed roots give. Number two is this. Blessed roots give generously. Blessed, if you want to stay blessed, you have to give generously. Uh, Deuteronomy 15, 14. Give generously from what the Lord has blessed you with. Remember that you are slaves in Egypt and the Lord redeemed you. This is why you have this command. He's saying this. You were once slaves, but I redeemed you. And because of that, I'm commanding you. If you're grateful for this, you need to give generously. Um, I realize that none of you were slaves in Egypt, but we were all slaves to sin. We were slaves to death. We were slaves. In fact, we were slaves to selfishness. You're born selfish. You're born again generous. Just so you're born selfish, you're born again generous. But um, he said, because I've redeemed you, because I gave my son, because I gave the most valuable thing I have, you can give generously as well. Uh, Malachi 3, one of my favorite scriptures uh, in the Bible on tithing says this. And now this is involving money, just so you know. Uh, Malachi eight, uh, 3, verse 8 through 12. Will a man rob God, yet you rob me? How, you ask, you withheld your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me. Bring, and you'll never see the word give when it comes to tithing because it's not ours to do what we want to with. We have to bring it back. Bring your full tithe, the first tenth of your income, into the temple, the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. So let's go over a few things with the scripture before we keep going. Okay, so the word rob. The original translation says rob. Some translations say steal. But originally in Hebrew, it's rob. The difference between robbing and stealing is this. When you steal... Um, no one was around to see you do it. When someone robs you, you were standing right there. When they rob you, you were right there and they took it from you, from your hands. Um, every time you get paid, every time income comes in, God's standing right there. And what you do with the first tenth determines the blessing. The 10% is not the last tenth. That's not the blessing. It's always the first tenth because that's the faith. You don't pay all your bills and pay the government because we really love the government. So we make sure that they take our taxes out and we love the mortgage company and we want them to see those people can't bless you. There's no blessing attached to the mortgage company. There's no blessing attached to the car. The blessings attached to the local church It's attached to the tithe. So the first 10%. So let me just say the first 10%. Can you name any area in your entire life, any area in which you put God second and you think you're going to succeed. I mean, any area, anything, relationships, marriage, health, anything, your mind, whatever. Put God second, third, fourth, fifth, and just try to get some kind of success in life. But can you name any area in which you put God first that you won't succeed? No, you can't do it. Put God first. Oh, and plus, let me just say this. God will never come second. He can't. 
It's called the, pre, the theology word is the preeminence of God. He can never be second. He can never be last. He can never come in. He can never get a bronze medal. Silver medal, never. It's always gold. With, he's always first. Oh, even if you don't put him first, he's first. He's first. But the blessings attached to the first 10%. Okay, so let me say this too. Before I go further, um, I've never preached this before ever. This past week I was praying. I said, God, how can we rob you? Because you own everything. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You own heaven. You own the stars. You own it all. You own the cattle on a thousand hill. Everything is yours. How can I rob the God of the universe? How can I? It's all, my, 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 the oxygen in my lungs is yours. So how can I rob you? And here's what God said. This is so beautiful. John Paul, I love you more than you love yourself. Therefore, I desire to bless you more than you even want to be blessed. You're robbing me of the opportunity to bless you. That's what you're robbing me of. I don't care about the money. I don't care about the cash. I don't care about pieces of paper with dead presidents on them. You're robbing me of the chance to put you under the blessing everywhere you go in life. That's what we're robbing him of. He doesn't care about us. He cares about us. If he cared about himself, he would have kept his son. He cares about us. So what does the blessing look like to a tither? Malachi 3, 10 through 12 says this. Put me to the test, says the Lord, and you'll see. I will open the windows of heaven. Pour out. There's the pouring out on you in abundance. All kinds of good things. Until there's not enough room to store it. In other words, it's flowing over and you've got to pour into others. And if you call right now, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so he won't destroy the fruit of your ground. That's everything in your home. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. That's everything in your workplace, your business, says the Lord of hosts. And on top of that, I'm going to throw this in. Everyone's going to call you happy and talk about how I have blessed you, says the Lord of hosts. That's the blessing. Okay. Three teenagers, come on up. Three teenagers. I need three helpers right here. Let's get you in the camera. These three teenagers are going to represent um, my three oldest sons. Okay, so Zach, um, Logan, and, um, and Eli. Logan, Zach, and Eli. Logan's the oldest, so I'll let you be Logan. And Zach's really cool. And then Eli loves Jesus. So this works out perfect. Okay, so um, Zach, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going away for a while. And I love my kids so much, but I also love my bride, my wife. And so... I want to use y'all, I want to be able to bless you, but I also want to use you to channel funds to my wife. Because I'm going away for several months, and I want to make sure she's taken care of. So every month, I'm going to send y'all $1,000, every month. All I ask is that the first 10% you bring to my wife as soon as you get the money in the mail, okay? What's 10% of 1000 Good job, 100. That's good. Good. I said it quiet just to make sure, but that was good. That was good. Okay, so here's 1,000 for you. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and then 500. There's 1,000. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and then 500. There's 1,000. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and then 500. There's 1,000. Okay, good. Okay, so so this is what goes on, okay? Um, I leave for several months. I call my wife. I say, how's it going? It's going good. Have the kids been taking care of you? Kind of. What do you mean, kind of? Well, Logan... Is doing exactly what you say. Every month, as soon as he gets the thousand, the first ten percent he's bringing to to me, to my wife, taking care of her. I said, "Wow, that's great." I'm going to continue to bless him in this way because he's doing exactly what I ask. 
I said, what about, that was Logan, what about Zach? She said, well, Zach, he really loves me. He really loves our family and he really wants me to make sure I'm taken care of. So Zach, everyone, not only does he bring me 10%, he gives another 10% on top of that. 200. I said, are you serious? She said, yes. I said, you know what? I'm going to actually have to start giving him more. Because I now realize he can be trusted with more. So he's going to get more than the $1,000 a month. I said, what about Eli? I said, oh, Eli. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> well, Eli, the first month he gives 50. Second month he gives 40. And this last month, he's not giving me anything. He's holding on to it. <laughs> I said, are you serious? He said, yes. Do you realize what he's actually doing is he's actually stealing from me. Because I gave him this and said, here's how I want it to be used. And when he doesn't use it the way I say, he's actually stealing from me. Even though I love my child, I'm going to have to cut him off until he learns how to honor me. So now his work, his effort is all going to have to be in his own strength. He does not have my blessing to keep getting blessed from my hand. You understand? Okay, give him a hand. Y'all can sit down. Here's what I want to say. Good job. That was easy. Okay, great. Okay. Jesus said this. I'm going away for a while. While I'm gone, I expect my children to take care of my bride. You know what the bride is? The body of Christ. The church. The local church. The bride of Christ. We are His children. He expects us to take care of the one thing that sends out the evangelists, the pastors, the missionaries, trains the Christians, makes this world a better place. So He entrusts us with His blessing to see if we're going to do what He said to do with it. We can either keep getting what we're getting, we can get blessed with more, or we can miss out on the blessing in life. That was a good point, right? Okay, good. Point number three is this. Blessed roots give generously, but don't grieve. They don't grieve. Deuteronomy 15.10 Give freely and unselfishly. Do not have a grieving heart. Giving triggers God's blessings and makes you successful in everything you do. Selfishness attacks us before we give, but grief attacks us after we give. Now, I, I was needing $100. I was going to do a sermon illustration. Oh, $100. bucks. Great. 20, 40, okay, uh, can I keep this? Okay, great, okay, good, okay, so, what are we talking about? Okay, so, when I asked for $100, do you see how quick she brought that? Miss this, was she grieving? Did you, did you, was there any sorrow on her at all? When I said, can I have it, what did she say? Yes. Do you know why? Because this isn't her $100. I gave her this before service. And I said, when I need $100, I want you to bring it up. This is my money. That's not her money. So she walked. The only reason we would ever grieve is because we think it's ours. You will only grieve when you're asked to give something that you thought was yours and yours alone the entire time. That's, that's what an ungrieving heart, if that's the word, looks like. Uh, Mark 10, 17 says this. As Jesus was walking down the road, a man ran up to him and said, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I've obeyed all the commandments since I was a kid. Now, if you and I saw this guy talking to me or, or one of the pastors and said, listen, and you, heard, you overheard it, you were eavesdropping, and he said, I've done everything right since I was a kid, which is a lie, but this guy was a Pharisee and he thought he did. And then on top of that, I want to go to heaven. What do I need to do? If we heard that, we would think, this guy loves Jesus. He really has a heart 
for the kingdom of God. Here's why. Because he's doing the right thing. You know, Christians that say, I'm just trying to be a good Christian. They're doing the right thing and they want to go to heaven. How many people think they're going to heaven because they want to go to heaven? Well, because I want to so bad, that means I'm going. Um, do you know what a cubic zirconian is? Uh, for, for the young people, a cubic zirconian, it's a fake diamond. You know, like, it's just, I don't want to give any example. It's just a fake diamond. But, so let me say this. I have a, this is a true story. I had an acquaintance uh, years ago who was a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. Multi-millionaire. And he met a girl and fell in love and got engaged and got married. And about three years into the wedding, uh, the wife's, her ring was loose, the stone was loose, something like that. And you know where I'm going with this. And she goes to the jeweler. She says, can you fix it? And just for fun, she says, how much is my, my ring worth? And she was expecting, it was a three carat. So she was expecting $30,000, $40,000. Her husband's a multi, multi-millionaire, right? The person came back and said, um, about $300, $350. She said, ah, now I'm being serious. How much is it worth? They said, it's a cubic zirconium. She goes home. And the husband says, you already married me. Like, I'm sorry, you'd wear it. Nobody will know the difference. She said, but I know, I know it's not the real thing. Now, before you found out it was cubic zirconia, you would have thought, man, he loves his wife. Because he gave an extravagant gift. He was so generous with his wealth, he must really love her. Yet the whole time, it was fake. That's what this guy was like. In verse 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. And when you love someone, you speak the truth. And said, listen, if you want to be complete, sell everything you have. Give the money to the poor. And you'll have great riches in heaven. Then, come with me. When the man heard Jesus say this, he walked away with a grieving heart. Because he had a lot of money. Now, real quick, let me just say this. Um, we don't know that he said no. He just walked away with a grieving heart. I believe he, he came back later. And there's a lot of theological reasons. Also, he didn't say if you want to go to heaven, do this. He said if you want rewards in heaven, do this. So let me just say that. This isn't about salvation. But we located his heart. We all thought that he loved Jesus because he wanted to go to heaven and because he's been an obedient kid and all. But we just realized his heart was really in the very thing that he couldn't get rid of. That's where his heart actually belonged. If you can't give it away or throw it away, it actually owns you. It owns you. Okay, this is the last story I want to tell. And um, I intentionally saved this for the end because it's a, it's a painful story for me. But um, I have five kids, as you know. And uh, my oldest one, Logan, he, and he has a wonderful wife. They serve God. And Logan is the manager of this big store. And he makes twice as much money as his dad. Um, they have one child and, and one on the way. So I have two grandchildren soon. And, um, and, and, and I don't need to worry about Logan. He's blessed. Not saying that the wealth is the blessing that's attached to it. He's blessed, has a great family, great job, loves his life. He's healthy, good kids. My next son is Zach. Zach, somehow in his intelligence, has been able to find out a way where he has a full ride to USC. Full ride. On top of that, they give him money to go to USC. On top of that, they give him food money and places to stay for free at USC. I don't got to worry about Zach. Um, no matter what Zach does, whether he goes into business, he's already done one year of college, whether he goes into being a medical field, whether he's an MMA fighter, whatever he does, he's going to succeed. And he has a passion for all those things. He's gonna, I, I don't worry about Zach. He's going to be successful. He's going to be okay. My third child, Eli. So um, Eli 
uh, he was one of those kids growing up where he could, he could stay in his room all day long and just play with his toys. And he would organize and reorganize his room from top to bottom all the time. He actually had one of those, what's those things we have where you print out the um, label, the label maker. And he would label everything in his room. I mean, he did it all perfect. He'd make videos. He'd play games. And um, all of his life, the way I would connect with Eli, you know, with Zach, we could play sports. And with Logan, we could go on dirt bikes. And all, but with um, Eli, I'd have to just walk in his room quietly. I couldn't be this loud person that I am. And I would just sit down and we would just start playing a game together. That's just how we connected. His whole life, whole childhood. He turned 17 this past week. And um, all growing up, anytime Eli was good or got a good note from school or got straight A's or birthday or Christmas, he always wanted us to buy him some type of a game, a retro game. He was into retro stuff from 70s, 80s. And over the years, he's collected over $15,000 worth of games and game systems that if we sold on eBay, like individually, it'd be over $20,000. I mean, he's, he, one, one year we got him, he wanted this robot from the 70s that was in a box. And the box alone was worth $200. We paid $300 for it, and now it's on eBay for $1,200. So, I mean, this is just his life. He had every Atari game, every Game Boy game, every Sega, every um, uh, Game Boy Advance, Nintendo, Wii, NES, uh, every game, every game system. I mean... He had, and he didn't want the flat screen TVs. He wanted old bubble TVs. So he had all these different TVs set up in his room with all these games. His whole life was this. Whole life. Every memory I have of me and him, it's playing one of these games. Um, a few years ago, Eli comes to uh, me and his mom and says, um, you know, because even though my kids are in church, doesn't mean they're saved. But they know how to hear from God and I've taught them. And so Eli gives his life to Jesus a few years ago. And he comes to me and his mom and he says, I want to go to a church where I'm not seen as the pastor's son. I want to go somewhere where nobody knows me and I can grow in God and do my own thing. So we blessed him and he found his own church when he started driving. And he's a great leader there. He, he got baptized. He, he plays the drums. And a few months ago, he read the scriptures we just read about the rich guy who Jesus said, sell everything you have and give it away. And so one day, Eli loads up every single thing in his room. I mean everything. Three SUVs full. I mean the seats are down. Everything's boxed up in perfect order with labels on the boxes. And he goes and he gives most of it away. And other stuff he sold to some guy and he takes the money and gives it to missions. Because Eli has this strong desire to attend Charleston Southern University next year when he graduates high school and get a theology degree as a missionary. Now, I would love to tell you that I'm a great holy man of God who said that's a good idea. But when it's your child... I said, you know, Eli, missionaries don't make any money at all. You can't get a college loan because if you're a missionary, you ain't paying it back. The goal was if we had to, we were going to sell all of your stuff so you could go to college. So you can't give it away. To which he and I got in a big fighting battle and he said but
but God told me to give it all away. So I said, and this is, the, this is weeks of fighting, my second week I said, then let me sell it for you. I'll give you whatever amount this guy's going to give you. You can give that to missions and I'll keep the other 15000 for college. He said, Dad, it's not about the money and it's not about the stuff. It's about giving it away. I said, well, then Eli, give it to me <laughs> and I'll keep it in the attic so one day if you need it or want to pass it along to your kids or we'll have it. He got so upset. He said, I'm supposed to give everything away. So he loads up three SUVs full and gives his whole childhood away. I don't know if God really told him to do that or not. He could have just read the scripture and just I want to be a good Christian. If God did tell him to do that, I'm very proud of him. If God didn't tell him to do that and he just read the scripture and did it, I'm still very proud of him. The question I have today is this. If God told me to load up everything I have and drive down the street and give it all away, would I be able to do that without grieving? I'd like to think I would. Wouldn't you like to think that you would do that if Jesus, if you, if you see that scripture today and today, today in the service, God said, give it all away. Wouldn't you like to think you would do that? I can tell you this though. If you can't bring 10%, you'll never, ever have a heart to give 100%. Don't fool yourself. And I didn't say that to brag on my kid. In fact, don't even tell Eli I told you because he's, does not, he, he, he was upset that, that we even acknowledged it because he wanted to do it on his own. But point still being, can we give generously without reading? Because nothing we have belongs to us. Amen? Yeah. And that's the conclusion of our Roots and Fruit series. Um, don't bow your heads with us. Just bow your heads with me for a minute. Lord, thank you that Solid Rock is a place where blessed roots are all around us. Thank you, Lord, that our children are a blessing when we give. Thank you that the, the fruit in our life is blessed when we give. Thank you that you've promised to keep us full when we give. Lord, let us continue to be people who are always carrying around the pitcher in their hand. You know, in all honesty, I really thought today's sermon was going to be um, easy, no conviction. Um, you know, we're already great at this, but I just feel so strongly. I just feel so strong. There's somebody here that's got something, something. I don't know what it is. 
I don't know what is. It, it, it might not be worth any kind of money. It's just worth a lot of emotional attachment. Like it was with, with some of the games that my, that my son gave away. I just remember hours and hours spending, with him, spending time with him doing this thing. And then he hears from Jesus and just like that, it's all gone. If you're here today and there's something that you need to give, I, I don't know. Something you need to give away. Something that's got your heart. And we're not talking about saved or unsaved. We're talking about riches in heaven or, or no riches in heaven. You know, it's so... It took me three or four weeks to get over what happened in our family. And I'm the pastor. I had strings attached to the wrong thing. I had fear attached to it. I don't know how I was going to go to college. I said, Eli, what are we going to do? Trust, get, trust, trust God, Dad. No, no, I'm the, I'm the pastor. I tell you when to trust God. <laughs> you don't tell me, I tell you. Maybe there's something in your life today that you've been hoarding and you thought it was yours. If you're here today and you want to detach yourself from something in your life, I want to pray for you. Just lift your hand real quick and I pray for you. Okay, hands up just for 30 seconds. Lord, every person had the faith to lift that hand up and say, God, I need help to detach myself from this person or this valuable asset or this money or this thing, whatever it is, God, give them the strength to do what a child can do. God, give them the strength to do um, what this man in the Bible walked away with a grieving heart and may or may not have done. God, give us the strength to see you as the most important thing in our life because we know that every area we put you first in is an area that you are completely and totally in control of whether or not we succeed. And we will succeed when we put you first. So Lord, let us see everything we have as belonging to you. And at your word, we are quick to give it away. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. 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 I'm so proud of y'all for being the best givers in the universe. Stand to your feet. Lord, thank you for the blessed roots in this place. Thank you that the fruit of the ground will not be eaten by the devourer. And thank you, Lord, that you have opened up the windows of heaven in our life. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week. Be blessed. Have a great, great, great day.